0: Welcome to s podcast series, s and Critical Insights. I'm John Sava, a partner in s cs Capital Markets Group, located in our Palo Alto office. Today, we'll be discussing non-GAAP financial measures. We'll discuss what non-GAAP financial measures are, the SEC's requirements applicable to non-GAAP financial measures, and some key areas to focus on in the presentation of those financial measures. With me today is Sarah Payne, who is also in Palo Alto and is co-head of our Capital Markets Group.
1: Before starting on the substance, I think it's useful to set the stage by discussing the importance of complying with the various requirements that apply to non-GAAP financial measures. A failure to comply with these requirements can have a variety of consequences. The SEC staff is focused on reviewing the use of non-GAAP financial measures in the context of its review of SEC filings. Issues raised in the comment process can delay a company's ability to clear comments on a registration statement or require a company to change or eliminate a non-GAAP financial measure with the potential for investor confusion. In addition, the SEC has brought a number of enforcement proceedings against companies that it believes have failed to comply in significant respects with the requirements applicable to non-GAAP financial measures.
0: And private litigants have also asserted claims involving non-GAAP financial measures. Although there is no private right of action under Regulation G, the use of a non-GAAP financial measure in a manner that is misleading may give rise to a claim under the various anti-fraud provisions of the securities laws. In addition, plaintiff's firms have sent companies demand letters asserting technical failures to comply with various requirements applicable to non-GAAP financial measures.
1: We'll start our discussion by describing what a non-GAAP financial measure is. A non-GAAP financial measure is a numerical measure of historical or future financial performance, financial position, or cash flows that excludes amounts that are included or includes amounts that are excluded in the most directly comparable measure calculated in accordance with GAAP. Some of the most common examples are EBITDA, adjusted EBITDA, adjusted operating income, adjusted net income, and free cash flow. Constant currency financial information is also a non-GAAP financial measure. On the other hand, a financial measure required to be disclosed by GAAP, SEC rules, or government regulation is not considered a non-GAAP financial measure. One example of this exception arises in the context of segment information for companies with multiple segments. GAAP requires footnote disclosure of the measure of segment profit and loss that is reported to a company's chief operating decision maker. The measure of profit and loss that is required to be reported is not a non-GAAP financial measure, even if it's a measure such as EBITDA or adjusted EBITDA that would normally be covered by the definition. However, if multiple measures of segment profit and loss are reported to the chief operating decision maker, only the measure that is closest to GAAP is excluded from being considered a non-GAAP financial measure.
0: We'll be discussing some of the key issues that arise when non-GAAP financial measures are used. Before getting into those issues, we'll summarize a couple of points that run across several topics we'll be discussing. First, it's important to understand that there are two separate sets of requirements that apply to non-GAAP financial measures. Regulation G, applies to non-GAAP financial measures that are made public by or on behalf of an SEC reporting company, whether on an earnings call, at a conference, in a press release, in an SEC filing or otherwise. Item 10 of Regulation SK applies only to information contained in filings with the SEC and in one other special situation that we'll discuss. It does not apply to investor presentations, press releases, or investor calls generally. The special situation is that earnings releases that are furnished on Form 8K must comply with Item 10, even though they are furnished to the SEC and not filed. Form 8K contains a special provision that requires earnings releases that are furnished under Item 202 of Form 8K to comply with some of the key provisions of Item 10, even though the earnings releases are not filed.
1: The second key point in dealing with the issues relating to a non-GAAP financial measure is that it's necessary to determine what the most directly comparable gap measure is. You have to know what the most directly comparable gap measure is before you can apply some of the requirements that we will be discussing, such as the Equal Prominence Rule or reconciling to the comparable GAAP financial measure. In some cases, it's obvious what the comparable gap measure is. For example the comparable gap measure adjusted operating income is operating income. However, EBITDA and adjusted EBITDA are not so simple. When used as measures of a company's financial performance, the SEC's view is that net income, not operating income, is the most directly comparable gap financial measure. And when used as a liquidity measure, the comparable measure is cash flow from operations.
0: We're now going to discuss the various requirements applied to non-GAAP financial measures. We'll focus on some of the key issues that arise, common SEC comments, and some tips to help ensure the requirements are complied with. One very important requirement is the equal prominence requirement. That requirement is that when a non-GAAP financial measure is presented, the most directly comparable GAAP financial measure has to be presented with equal or greater prominence. This requirement applies to SEC filings and it also applies to earnings releases furnished on Form 8K. The SEC interprets the requirement strictly, and the SEC has brought enforcement proceedings when it has identified what it views as significant departures from the equal prominence rule. Prominence can arise in a variety of contexts. For example, order is important. The GAAP financial measure must precede the related non-GAAP financial measure, and that applies each time the non-GAAP financial measure is mentioned in the document. Care must be taken, for example, in the headings or bullet points at the start of an earnings release that each mention in a heading or a bullet describing non-GAAP financial measure is preceded by a similar heading or bullet that describes the comparable GAAP financial measure. In addition, a non gap financial measure must not be discussed at greater length or in more detail than the comparable gap financial measure. If discussion of an increase or decrease in the non gap financial measure is presented, a similar presentation must be included of the comparable gap financial measure. In addition, if a non gap financial measure is presented in tabular or graphical form, then the gap financial measure must be presented in a similar manner.
1: A second key requirement is the requirement to reconcile a non-GAAP financial measure to the most directly comparable GAAP financial measure. This requirement applies to all public presentations of non-GAAP financial measures. If a measure is released orally, telephonically, by webcast, or in a similar fashion, the reconciliation can be posted on the company's website so long as the location of the reconciliation is disclosed during the presentation. And in the context of a character limited format, such as a tweet, the practice has developed of including a hyperlink to the company's website where the reconciliation is located. That approach should not be used in other contexts unless there are technological limitation on the number of characters that can be included in the communication.
0: In addition, special rules apply to forward-looking non-GAAP financial information, such as included in financial forecasts or guidance. A reconciliation of forward-looking non-GAAP financial information is required only to the extent it can be provided without unreasonable effort. If a company does take the position that it is not required to reconcile forward-looking non-GAAP financial information on that basis, The SEC will require that a company disclose that fact and provide reconciling information that is available without unreasonable effort. The company should also identify any information that is unavailable and disclose its probable significance.
1: In addition, non-GAAP financial information, including forecasts in the context of business combinations and disclosed in certain pre-commencement communications, or filed under Rule 425 under the Securities Act, or 14A12 under the Exchange Act, are not required to be reconciled. Importantly, these exceptions do not apply to non-GAAP financial information filed in a registration statement in connection with a stock merger, or in a proxy statement or a tender offer statement.
0: However, forecasts of non-GAAP financial information in connection with business combinations included in those documents may be eligible for separate exceptions to the reconciliation requirements. First, forecasts provided to a financial advisor and required to be disclosed by law, including SEC rules, are not treated as non-GAAP financial measures and are not subject to Regulation G or Item 10 of Regulation SK. Similarly, if a company determines that forecasts exchanged between the parties to business combination transaction are material, and that disclosure of such forecasts is required to comply with the Federal Securities laws, the financial measures included in such forecasts are also not considered to be non-GAAP financial measures and do not have to be reconciled.
1: Assuming that a reconciliation is required, we'll now discuss some of the issues involved in providing the reconciliation. A reconciliation involves starting with a comparable GAAP financial measure and specifying numerically the various adjustments that are required to be made to derive the non-GAAP financial measure. The SEC wants investors to be able to understand the various adjustments line by line. If adjustments include multiple items, it's good practice to include footnotes that identify and quantify the key components of each of the adjustments. A non-GAAP financial measure may be in the form of a margin percentage, such as adjusted gross margin. In that case, the margin percentages should also be reconciled. This reconciliation can be in the form of a full percentage reconciliation table, but it's also common to reconcile the dollar amounts and then state both the gap and the non gap margins. A common SEC comment relates to the presentation of free cash flow. When free cash flow is presented, it should be reconciled to cash flow from operating activities. In addition, The SEC requires that cash flows from investment and financing activities are also presented alongside the other cash flow measures. As the SEC believes that presenting free cash flow and cash flow from operating activities alone can present a partial and potentially misleading picture of a company's cash flows unless all cash flow measures are presented.
0: One area of particular focus by the SEC is the presentation of taxes in the reconciliation. For items like adjusted net income that are presented after income taxes, the tax impact of the adjustments needs to be calculated and presented. The SEC requires that the reconciliation include a separate item for the tax impact of the adjustments. It is not permissible to present the adjustments on an after-tax basis. In addition, the SEC often asks about the tax rate used to ensure that it is a reasonable rate, and thought should be given to the most appropriate tax rate for this purpose. In some cases, the effective rate may be used. In other cases, the statutory rate may be more appropriate if the effective rate is impacted by items that do not relate to the adjustments used to derive the non-GAAP financial measure. Some companies derive a normalized tax rate to calculate the tax effect of the various adjustments, typically starting with the effective rate and then adjusting to eliminate the items that impact the effective rate but do not relate to the adjustments. If a normalized rate is used, the SEC will frequently issue a comment inquiring about the manner in which the normalized rate is calculated to ensure the approach is a reasonable one. The SEC will also frequently request that the disclosure include a description of the manner in which the normalized rate is calculated.
1: A number of issues can arise if the adjustments used to derive a non-GAAP financial measure or the presentation of a measure are viewed as misleading. For example, one frequent area of SEC comment relates to adjustments for normal, recurring cash operating expenses. These can include things such as warranty expenses, litigation expenses, deferred customer acquisition costs, pre-opening costs for restaurants, technology transformation costs, and the like. Another area of focus, which was involved in an early SEC enforcement proceeding, relates to excluding unusual charges but not unusual gains of a similar type, which could present a one-sided and misleading picture of a company's financial performance. In addition, if an adjustment is made to exclude an item, care must be taken to exclude any future reversal of the same item.
0: Many of the adjustments that we've been discussing and the most common adjustments in practice relate to adjustments to various expenses. Adjustments to revenue raise special issues and are an area of focus by the SEC. The SEC is particularly concerned with changing the basis for accounting for revenue. And the SEC has stated that individually tailored revenue recognition and measurement methods may be inherently misleading. An example of an adjustment to which the SEC would likely object on this basis is an adjustment that accelerates revenue recognition to match billings rather than recognizing revenue rateably over time as required by GAAP. The issue comes up in a variety of other contexts, and it is often very difficult to persuade the SEC that an adjusted revenue measure is acceptable. One area in which the issue can arise is in the context of businesses that recognize revenue on a gross basis even though much of the revenue is passed through as cost of sales to third parties that provide services that are integral to the revenue generating activity. For example, this can occur in the context of payment processing, where a company that provides payment processing services may pass much of the revenue generated on to third party payment processors, card networks, and the like. Similar issues can arise in the recognition of ad revenue. In situations where GAAP requires a company to recognize these types of revenue on a gross basis, a company may desire to present an adjusted revenue measure that reduces revenue by the portion of the revenue that it passes through to third parties. However, the SEC has objected to the presentation of adjusted revenue of this type on the basis that it substitutes an individually tailored revenue measurement method.
1: It's important to recognize that some metrics are not non-GAAP financial measures at all and instead are operational measures. If a measure does not originate from adjustment of a GAAP financial measure, but instead is derived independently from an operational source, it may be an operating measure and not a non-GAAP financial measure. And Regulation G and Item 10 of Regulation SK both recognize that operating measures are not non-GAAP financial measures. Of course, the line between the two may not always be clear. Certain operating metrics are widely used and are not treated as non-GAAP financial measures – ARR, or Annual Recurring Revenue for a Subscription Business, for example. It's useful to recognize that if a particular desired non-GAAP financial measure may not be used because it would be viewed as involving an impermissible, individually tailored accounting measure. It might, nevertheless, be possible to identify a similar operating measure that can be used. Other
0: metrics are not non-GAAP financial measures because they do not involve adjustments to GAAP information, even though they may not be a part of the GAAP financial statements or footnotes. For example, revenue by product or product line is not a non-GAAP financial measure, even if it is not set forth in the company's financial statements so long as it does not include adjustments to GAAP revenue. This is sometimes an area of confusion. Some companies have referred to such measures as non-GAAP financial measures, simply because they're not disclosed in financial statements. But if such a measure is mistakenly referred to as a non-GAAP financial measure, the SEC may be expected to question whether it is a permissible measure
1: a variety of specific prohibitions in the use of non-GAAP financial measures. For example, liquidity measures may not exclude cash charges. So if adjusted EBITDA is presented as a performance measure, it may exclude cash charges. But if it's used as a liquidity measure, it may not. In addition, performance measures should not be described as excluding items that are non-recurring, infrequent, or unusual if there was a similar charge or gain in the last two years or a similar charge or gain is reasonably likely to recur within two years. In addition, the SEC objects to the presentation of non-GAAP financial measures that are liquidity measures on a per-share basis. And more specifically, the SEC objects to free cash flow, EBIT and EBITDA being presented on a per-share basis, even if they are otherwise being used as performance measures.
0: Some of the rules we've just been discussing distinguish between a performance measure and a liquidity measure. The SEC will use its own judgment based on context in deciding whether it believes the measure is presented as a measure of financial performance or as a measure of liquidity. It will not simply defer to the company's judgment. A number of factors are relevant to this determination. For example, Are the adjustments that are made to derive the non-GAAP financial measure analogous to those used to derive cash flow from operations from net income? Is the measure located in the liquidity section of MD&A? Or is it described as being used to measure the ability to incur or service debt? If a measure is really being used as a performance measure, it is important to avoid including what is all too common boilerplate that describes measures as being used in part as measures of liquidity.
1: We will close with a discussion of a couple of special topics. The first relates to the use of non-GAAP financial adjustments to adjust for the effects of the COVID pandemic. The SEC staff has issued guidance in Topic 9, which describes the areas on which it is focused in reviewing adjustments for COVID-related items. In reviewing COVID-related adjustments, the SEC staff in the comment process asks companies to explain how the adjustments are directly attributable to the pandemic, clearly separable from normal operations, incremental to charges incurred prior to the outbreak, and not expected to recur once the pandemic has subsided and operations return to normal. The staff in the comment process often requests a detailed explanation in response to these questions in an effort to ensure that COVID-related adjustments are not made for items that are attributable to other factors. In addition, companies are required to describe why management finds these adjustments useful and how they help investors assess the impact of COVID.
0: This is also another area in which the SEC staff is particularly focused on adjustments to revenue. For example, the staff has objected where a company has included adjustments to add back the amount of the negative impact on revenue. For example, interest and similar income from loan rescheduling that was offered in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. In that context, the staff has objected on the basis of the adjustments report revenues To which a company is not entitled. The staff is also focused on ensuring that adjustments are made in a balanced way. For example, when adjustments are made to eliminate costs attributable to the COVID-19 pandemic, the staff is also asked whether any costs have been reduced as a result of the pandemic and required that parallel adjustments be made to eliminate the effect of those cost reductions.
1: Finally, we will discuss the issue of transitioning between different presentations of non-GAAP financial measures. Over time, a company may find that a non-GAAP financial measure no longer serves its purpose. In that case, the company may determine that it's appropriate to change the way the measure is defined, either by adding new adjustments or by eliminating adjustments that have historically been included. If such a change is made, the change between periods must be disclosed, and the reasons for the change should be explained. This disclosure can be critical to avoid presenting interperiod comparisons that can be misleading, and the failure to disclose a change in the adjustments used to derive a non-GAAP measure has featured in an SEC enforcement proceeding. In addition, depending on the significance of the changes, prior measures may need to be recast to conform to the current presentation in order to place the disclosure in the appropriate context.
0: That brings us to the end of our discussion. Thank you for listening to s Critical Insights. For more information about our practice, please visit us on the web at www.salcrom.com.